When you're feeling down, are you someone who needs to hear a sad song to let your emotions out? Or do you crank out an upbeat track to pump up your mood? Did you know there's science behind which one of these actually makes you feel better? I'm Tegan Taylor and this is Occam's Razor, a soapbox for science. This week, we're hearing from Sandra Garrido, who's been investigating how we can use music to manage our mental health in a way that's better for us. I'd like to tell you a story about Jim. Jim has dementia and his wife goes to visit him every day in the aged care home where he lives. When I first met Jim and his wife, we were conducting some research about music and dementia. Uh, we had to do some cognitive testing with Jim as part of our research. Unfortunately, Jim was unable to answer simple questions such as which country he lived in or you know, to name a, a simple object like a pen. But when we started to play the music, the response was amazing. Jim just came alive, his face lit up, and despite having had trouble with those questions just a few minutes ago, he was able to sing along with the song that I played, word for word. I remember that it was There's No Business Like Show Business by Ethel Merman, and he just loved it. It was a really touching experience for me. It was the first time I'd witnessed that sort of thing. And for Jim's wife as well, it was a very moving experience just to, to see her husband kind of coming back to life in that way. Now, there's a growing body of evidence out there that music can be really helpful for people with dementia. Depression, agitation and anxiety are all very common in people with dementia, as you, I'm sure you can understand. And music can be a really good support for those, those symptoms. Well, what about for those of us who don't have dementia? Can music also support our well-being? Well, actually, it doesn't matter what our age is, we can use music in positive ways to manage our moods and our mental health. It actually starts as young as when we're babies. So the research shows that when a parent sings to their baby, it can have a de-escalating effect on their physical system so that they're calmer, and some people even believe that the whole reason why music exists is because of this form of interaction between the parent and the child, the way that sort of interaction might facilitate pre-verbal communication of emotions and also facilitate bonding. And of course, then we get to the teen years. Well, the research says that teenagers listen to music around five to 10 hours a day. If you're a parent of a teen, I'm pretty sure you can relate to that experience where you've got to kind of get the AirPods out of their ears before you can actually have a conversation with them. So why do teenagers listen to music so much? Well, it's a very emotionally intense period of your life and music is one of the most effective things we can use for regulating our emotional states. In fact, the Australian Psychological Association reports that 80% of Australians, regardless of their age, turn to music when they're experiencing psychological distress. So does it actually help us? And if so, how? Well, there are a few different ways that we respond to music. On a most basic level, we respond to music physically. So there's something called entrainment. Entrainment refers to that phenomenon where you're listening to music and it's got a really catchy beat and you just can't help but tap your foot or click your fingers or whatever you do or dance. And the research shows that it's not just our fingers and our feet 
that are synchronising to the beat, but our whole system, our breathing, our heart rate, even the way our neurons fire in our brain. And of course, that has an influence on how you feel. So if you, uh, you know, starting to calm down so that you can sleep at night and you're wanting to wind down, most people find it most beneficial to listen to music that's got a nice slow tempo because then your physical system synchronise with that. You're breathing, your heart rate slows down and you feel calmer, you feel sleepier. So of course all of that has a connection between our emotions and our moods. Now, how does it actually influence our mental health and our well-being? Well, there's another layer that we respond to music. On top of that physical layer, we've also got a cognitive layer, which is our thoughts, our memories, our feelings, our beliefs about the music. And that can outweigh and overlay the physical response. So, for example, if you've been listening, you know, there's a really upbeat song, um, a really chirpy song that would normally make you feel happy, but the last time you heard it was at the funeral of a friend, for example, that memory is going to overpower the physical response to the music and you know we're not going to feel happier from listening to it. So this all plays into how we can use music to benefit our mental health. Psychologists often talk about something called the thought, emotion and action cycle, which means that our behaviours are influenced by our emotions and our emotions in turn are triggered by our thoughts about a situation we might be experiencing. And of course, those thoughts can be in response to music as well. So we conducted a study where we got a whole bunch of young people to listen to some songs that we gave them. And we asked them to keep a mood diary of the effect it was having on their mood and to, to record their thoughts and the feelings they were experiencing as they listened to this song. Now, one of the songs we gave them to listen to was by Adele. We all know Adele is well known for breakup songs, right? So naturally, our participants in this study, were in their diaries, they were reflecting on their own experiences with a breakup. But the thoughts that they were recording differed quite a lot from person to person. Now, people that felt better after listening to the Adele song were people who th were thinking about their breakup experience, but they might have been thinking along the lines of, you know, wow, that was really a really tough thing to go through but I've learned a lot and I feel like my next relationship is going to go better. So naturally they felt better after listening to that song. On the other hand, we had other people whose thoughts were more like, I'm so lonely. Now, obviously after going through that sort of a thought response, those sorts of people didn't feel better after listening to the same song that these other people listened to. So you can see the connection between the thoughts and the emotions that people experienced there. And unfortunately, those sorts of negative responses, negative thought patterns can become a cycle of behavior. So you listen to the song, you feel like you need to do that to get some emotions off your chest, but because of the thoughts being triggered, you don't feel better. And so then you go back and listen to it again. But if the thoughts haven't changed, the outcome won't change either. So what can we actually do to benefit our well-being in terms of the music that we listen to? Well, psychologists have conducted a lot of research around coping strategies, and one really effective coping strategy is problem solving. So if you can find a piece of music that allows you to sit down and 
motivates you to kind of think about the stuff that you're going through. Why am I feeling sad? You know, what's making me anxious? And to reflect on what you're going through and to try to come up with solutions to the situation you're in or think about ways that you can, you know, better cope with what you're going through, that can be a really effective thought process to go through while you're listening to music. Another really effective coping strategy is cognitive reframing, which refers to the way you look at your situation and you try to see it from a different perspective. Now, music can be great for that because sometimes the music's got a message in it that you haven't necessarily thought about. So finding songs that can help you see the positive in your situation, can make you feel hopeful about your situation or can make you feel grateful for things that you do have in your life that are good, that can be really, really helpful. Some of the things that don't work so well is using music as a distraction from your negative feelings. So that's not so helpful. But then on the other hand, it's not so helpful to get into a situation where we're thinking about our problems over and over and over again in, a, in what we call rumination. So what our participants have reported seems to work best for them is you're not going to be in a mood to listen to something chirpy, chirpy, happy, happy if you're feeling a little bit down about something. So, you know, you might be attracted to music that's going to have a bit of a sad flavour and that's okay. Listen to that, sit with your feelings for a while, but try to engage in those more positive psychological processes like cognitive reframing or problem solving and really try to be conscious of the thoughts that are being triggered by the music you're listening to. Now for people with dementia, that more conscious cognitive layer of processing becomes eroded over time. And so their response to music is often more physical. So the good news about that is they're often not really so aware of the message in the lyrics. You don't have to worry too much about that, but you can still have positive influences on their mood simply by the physical response. So you can still improve somebody's mood by playing them some music that they love, as long as it's, you know, not too um, sort of overpowering in terms of the tempo or the volume. And what about for the rest of us? Well, it's great to, you know, think about how you can use music. Everybody needs to select their own songs that can benefit them. We've developed a free app called Moody Tunes, which can help people to reflect on the thought processes that they're going through when they're listening to music and to work out what kind of music is helping them and what might not be helping them. So overall, I'd kind of suggest, you know, listen to music, it's great, we all know that. But be aware of the thoughts that are being triggered by the music you're listening to. Think about whether those thoughts are helpful or not. If they're not helpful, is there another way I can look at my situation? And of course, somebody like a cognitive behavioural therapist can help you work through those processes really well. But overall, music that has a positive message or that can help you to feel some hope or some gratitude can really do a lot for your wellbeing. That was Dr Sandra Garrido, a dementia researcher at the Marx Institute for Brain, Behaviour and Development at Western Sydney University. She was speaking at our Occam's Razor live event at the Powerhouse Museum Sydney on Gadigal Land in September. I'm Tegan Taylor and I'll be back next week with another story from the Songbook of Science. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.